welcome to the What If Movie Podcast, the movie podcast that simply asks, what if? I'm Josh. I'm Bryce. And I'm Hannah. And today, sorry, it's me now. It's you. <laughs> Over to Hannah. Over to me. And today, we are asking the question, what if we made a spinoff movie with the secondary characters from Disney's Tangled? So the Walt Disney motion picture Tangled, Walt Disney's 50th uh, feature length uh, animated film, by the way, is a uh, kind of thorough reimagining of this story of Rapunzel. So it follows uh, primarily the character of Rapunzel as well as the character of Flynn Rider. Uh, Rapunzel is locked in a tower by her supposedly uh, loving mother. Not really, turns out. Uh, Flynn Rider is a common criminal who uh, is initially out only to um, bring wealth to himself, but eventually, in happening upon Rapunzel in, his, in her tower while running away, uh, ends up taking her with him on, uh, well, she insists that he take her, he take her to see the lights that she's seen um, every year, and through their time together, eventually they... Uh, become a little more simpatico. Uh, they both learn about each other. Rapunzel eventually learns that she is, in fact, the lost princess, and Flynn Rider reveals a um, a gentler side of Flynn Rider, who does care about people and not just about uh, money and islands somewhere warm and sunny. Uh, along the way, they meet a number of minor characters who will be uh, more most likely our focus. Maximus, the horse, uh, the captain of the guard's horse. I don't think the captain of the guard ever gets... A particular name. Uh, we also meet a number of thugs uh, who inhabit the, the tavern of the Snuggly Duckling, who by the end of the film help our protagonists escape danger. We also meet the Stabbington Brothers, a couple of goons who do uh, Mother Gothel's bidding. Anyone else? Uh, not anyone Yeah, some named. other myriad characters yeah. here and there. Uh, and maybe they'll come up in some of our ideas. But as I said, by the end, Rapunzel finds out she is the lost princess who had been kidnapped by mother gothel because of the magic properties of her hair and in the end she is reunited with her parents the king and queen of whatever um unit of government this is some sort of kingdom uh, and she and flynn rider are married there you go that's tangled that wasn't too bad <laughs> like based on the, the bar we've set that wasn't too bad yeah well my bar is low um, yeah, so what was what was your guys' first viewing of Tangled? Did I watch this for the first time with you? Maybe. I want to say I did. It was not my first time watching it then. Well. Yeah. Okay. I see. <laughs> Rip that band-aid off right now. Yeah. We're, I guess we're, okay, we'll just do this live. Um... um. <laughs> I think I think my first time watching it was with you. I don't remember if it was at your house or whatnot, but I remember being so thoroughly enchanted by the the thug song. Yes. I've got the, a dream. In the mm. Snuggly Duckling. Yeah. It is his favorite part. It's super my favorite part. I love it a lot. Yep. I first saw Tangled when it was in theaters, um, in college with some some college friends and um I distinctly remember um, the lantern scene. Um, so when all the lanterns are being lit and floating into the air in the castle. And uh, it's just like so beautifully animated that I actually cried. <laughs> Not at the song or like what was happening in the story, but just like this is a beautiful movie to look at. Like the animation is so pretty and it is a, just one of my absolute all-time favorite disney movies ever it's up there top five easy so good wow i know well i don't know if i feel qualified to answer this question uh since i've never seen the movie what oh my yeah what? you know Wait. um like like even now you wrote a, a spin-off movie without having seen the original that was kind of my can I That's do a real this? Prometheus move man <laughs> well this is a prequel so uh no I <laughs> I uh <laughs> I on the edge here. don't this even know exciting. when this came out and I it was I think it was just in that time where I was like I'm a you know 
don't need to see every Disney movie because I'm in my late teens or early 20s, and so I'm not going to see that. I think it was 2010, maybe. I think so. So I was like, I'm just going to find a character and then try (laughs) and find the clips of that character on the interwebs enough to where I get enough of what that character is, who he is, uh, and then write the uh, spinoff from there. Because I figured if I write a spinoff that's far enough removed from the plot, uh, then I can. I think I can pull this off. And I think I pulled it off. So I have seen the song, and that plays a part, actually a pretty big part, in uh, in my outline here. Uh, the 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 song from the the pub. Uh, I've yeah. got a dream. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah. So I'm ready to do this if if oh you are. Now, now, Josh, you're an English teacher. What would you do if a student came to your class and he's like, "Hey, teach." You mean what do I do when a student? Right. Comes? Not, not what, what if. do you do yeah. when a student comes in and says, "I didn't read the book, but I looked online and found some parts of it, and I think my paper does what it needs to." Uh, I, I am disappointed in them, but <laughs> the things that I want them to be able to do in uh, my English class, if if they can fake it until they make it, you know. Honestly, they're ready for college. Then they're just like they're like pre prepped more than ready. <laughs> but I I just like. What baffles me the most is like how good this movie is. It really is that good, Josh. And like that you just are like, eh, eh. I like, uh, from what I saw, it intrigued me enough to oh, where it's you know, so it, good. It is good. Like like Frozen is is dirt compared to Tangled. Yeah, Frozen is wow. wow. Yes, Harrison and I just literally got done watching Frozen like well, right before. We'll watch Tangled next wait, time. Wait, wait, right before when? Where we started recording this. So you had time to watch a <laughs> Disney movie. <laughs> well, technically, he was already watching it on his tablet, and I just put it up on the on the TV on for the us screen. to. Well, let that kid finish. know that there are better Disney there movies out are there. Better Disney movies out there. Yeah. Well, I also think this is funny because Josh, like, pre-warned us that he has three pages, maybe more by now. This was a few hours ago. Three pages of notes. On a movie he's never seen. Okay, but well, if he's technically like, this is a movie that nobody's movie. ever seen. So that's true. <laughs> but if he's like con- continuing this student strategy of this, then those pages have two inch margins, double space, and eighteen yeah, like, point font. Yeah, so. huge font. Uh, and like, I would I would the, like thesaurus. to note that I have defaulted my Word documents to always be Times New Roman twelve point font. Double spaced. Still three okay, three spaced. inch margins. Don't <laughs> <laughs> say anything about the margins. Okay, we all know that all we're right. disappointed in Josh. Yes. Moving on. I I think we should start with Josh. I think then, so too. Because no, I'm, I'm actually excited. I'm glad. I'm that like Josh genuinely has done this. curious about how this is gonna go, having seen the movie. And I'm also I want to make sure we have time to get all three pages of his notes in. Now now this. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, why, why don't you, before we get started, why don't you tell us again what the what if question was, sure. Hannah, before we get started? Sure. So the what if question. What if we make a spin-off movie using the secondary characters from the movie Tangled? That was pretty much it. Yep. Open free reign from there. Okay. So I made a spin-off. I made a prequel spin-off of one of the characters in Tangled and that was Old Hook Hand. There you go. The best thug around. Old Hook Hand. Who I believe in the credits of the movie He's is actually like Hook, Hook Hand, Hand thug. thug. Yes, yeah. yes. I did I did some research on him since I didn't actually watch the movie. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, after I had watched that video, I was like, "Oh, well, I'm just going to do a sequel about him becoming a pianist." And then I saw in the short film sequel, Tangled Ever After, he already does that. And then in the uh, Tangled TV series, he's not in there because he's touring the world uh, being a pianist. So that kind of... I forgot how many secondary properties there were of Tangled. (laughs) 
that's fair. Uh, so I was like, well, you know, I guess that's already been done. So I decided to go back uh, to the past for Hook Hand. Uh, I don't have a title yet. Uh, I'm, I, I don't like coming up with titles. I'm with you. They are the worst. But I did give him a name. Okay. Uh, and his name is Horace Winthrop. Horace Winthrop. Yep. I feel like Horace is suitable. I mean, it's got the H. Horace Hookhand. <laughs> yep, I have. The the first line on my document is Horace, in quotations, Hookhand Winthrop. <laughs> uh, but he is not necessarily known that uh, known as, as that uh, nickname in the majority of my movie. Okay. Okay, so uh, I made a log line. Uh, so one sentence log line of, of the movie. And it is before aiding Rapunzel to achieve her dream, Hook Hand, when he was just handless Horace Winthrop, wanted to play piano for the king despite his anger management issues. I'm intrigued. Uh, yep. Okay. Okay. Now, I can't take credit for this outline strategy. Uh, it actually comes from Blake Snyder, who is a was a uh, prolific screenwriter, uh, and he's written a he had written a few books on screenwriting. Screenwriting the the most well known being Save the Cat, and in that he outlines an outline for screenplays. He calls uh, his beat sheet. Uh, yeah. So he that's me an outline strategy, but <laughs> sounds uh, like homework. But that's uh, that's how I how I formatted this. So the opening image is a luscious garden with a winding walking path, full of new mothers pushing cradles. Uh, all these mothers are talking about their future plans for their babies. Two of the mothers say they wish their sons to be famous pianists. Both women are very fair. One child looks regal even as a baby. The other is large, blowing over-the-top spit bubbles, and only has one hand. Mm. Oh, born that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the opening image. Then we move to the setup. Uh, so then we skip forward. Uh, now he's a teenager of 16. Uh, we learn that Horace's mother passed away when he was 10, he wears a special glove that has a small digit like an index finger, but uh, it's pretty obvious that it's not his real hand. Mm. Uh, we see no indication that he cares about the piano as he avoids it while he walks through the house. Uh, his father, a duke, uh, buries himself in the, his work after the death of his wife and his inability, to, and, and he is unable to connect with his son. Uh, because of his burly appearance... Horace uh, is treated differently by pretty much everybody in the kingdom, especially Asher Nimble, the school's best piano player, the other regal-looking boy from the opening scene. He takes great care of his hands, and we see he insults Horace at school because his mother had told him what Horace's mother had said uh, when they were babies. Uh, Horace's only solace is a girl, Dorothy Ann, who gives him an apologetic look whenever Asher insults Horace. Horace gets angry red anytime this happens. Mm. And we'll get a nice, you know, interaction between them at school and in the very beginning. Uh, and in that school, there's also an announcement made before the end of the day that there's a contest for anyone who wants to play piano for the new king at the ceremony coming up. Asher and his friends think that he has it in the bag, and we see Horace crumple his copy. Ugh. Defeated. All right, then we go to a different uh, group of people. Um, it's a uh, they they will in some dialogue tell us that it's a week before the knighting ceremony. Uh, for the oldest prince, and a traveling troop of barbaric-looking folk come into town. They have come to provide entertainment for the party being held after the ceremony. They are a mixed bunch, but their leader, the Bard of Baltimore, looks as majestic as could be. He reflects that it's been great following his dream all these years and being with others who all have dreams of their own but share a common interest, the implication at this moment being the theater. 
Uh, we go back to Horace, who is on his way home from school. Uh, he's detoured to go through the garden, the same garden that we saw at the opening scene, where he inadvertently runs into the troop of performers setting up because the party is going to be in the garden. And a small group from school uh, uh, gazing at the performers, including Asher. Uh, the group has most everything completed on the bandstand in the garden for the party. Asher asks if he can try the piano. The bard lets him. The bard uh, plays a difficult tune on the piano and asks Asher to replicate it. He's great, but uh, can't quite finish the ending like the bard did. His friends chuckle. Annoyed, Asher is pleased when he sees Horace walking through the garden. He makes a big scene, calling Horace to the group. Uh, he says Horace can't do any better than him. Horace sees Dorothy Ann, goes over. He sits at the piano, thinking that this is his chance to prove himself to Asher and everyone else, and maybe impress Dorothy Ann. He begins to play, and it sounds great. His timing and nuance is more visible than Asher's. Asher begins egging Horace on. His friends follow. Horace starts to get angry. He plays the piano harder and harder. When he reaches where Asher messes up, he slams his special glove on the keys too hard and the finger snaps. He messes up sooner than Asher and everyone laughs at him. Horace bangs on the piano keys and is about to run away, but the bard stops him as the rest of the kids all walk away laughing. The bard, seeing both Horace's anger and his skill at the piano, takes pity on Horace. They talk, and Horace shows the bard the crumpled up paper about the contest. He says he will help Horace play the piano and beat Asher in the contest if Horace will help the troops set up. Horace agrees. Uh, Horace now, so now we get into, uh, what's, what, uh, is called the promise of the premise. And so this is kind of like the, we're, we're not quite in the midpoint, but we're going to get a nice little montage of Horace practicing the piano. He's also helping the troop members. Uh, and it's going to be revealed here as he meets all the troop members that they are actually all the other men from the pub, but younger. Ah, Okay. They each talk about their dreams, how the bard found them, and now they can do what they love without judgment and also perform so they can uh, pay the bills, so to speak. Uh, they sing uh, songs, very theatrical, this little montage here. This is where we would get like a, a song number. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't really foresee too many songs in my uh, spinoff here, but they'll just be a couple. Uh, they help Horace find his way of letting off steam by beating up things. things. I was thinking, uh, yeah, right now. Um, I was thinking of, uh, since we were watching Frozen, uh, Let It Go, and so I was thinking the song should be called Get It Out. Get It Out. Yep. Shout, shout. <laughs> Let it all out. Uh, the night before the contest, the bard says he has one more lesson and a surprise for Horace the next morning. They part, and surprisingly, Horace's dad comes into his room that night and talks to him. He says that he doesn't want Horace hanging with the troop anymore, that they are a bad influence. He says in his Duke capacity, he's learned that the troop... Uh, is actually planning something very bad at the ceremony. He received word from the original troop that was hired saying that they weren't going to make it because they were attacked. Mm. Horace doesn't believe a thing. Uh, beings, he's met all of them. They were all so friendly, unlike everybody else in town to him. He voices this to his father. His father forbids Horace from going to the troop the next day, and he locks him in his room. Uh, Horace plans all night. Classic Disney parent move. Right. Mm -hmm. Just lock your kids up. Yeah. Planning all night to escape, Horace falls asleep without any ideas of how to get out. Uh, he wakes up in the morning finally with an idea, realizes it's probably pretty late. During the part where the bard is, is helping Horace practice, he has mended the glove gotcha. that helped him play. Yes. Uh, so the glove is mended, but uh, without any other way to unlock the door, Horace breaks 
the digit from the glove again to use it like a key. So now he doesn't have his glove to play uh, for the ceremony. Sure. Uh, he runs to the troop, but they are all discouraged. They tell them that at the ni- uh, last night the bard was arrested. The townspeople believe that they were going to rob and pillage everyone and not actually put on a show. Horace is appalled to learn that this could happen to the bard, but the troop reveals that they were actually going to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what they do. They pay the bills by robbing from the rich or just anyone richer than they are. They continue packing up, saying they're just going to leave without him because that's what bad guys do. Friendships are for weak pansies. Feeling alone again without even the troop as his friends, he disguises himself and watches the ceremony. He watches Asher play the song for the king. It's good, but he knows that he could have done better. He leaves before the ceremony is over. He go- he's sitting on a bench. Horace is greeted by one of the troop members. Uh, it's I-, I had it be Toll uh, because he has got a handful of flowers that he's Toll picked from like the garden. Be a florist. Mm-hmm. He says that they're all leaving, but they found something for Horace that the bard wanted him to have. Uh, he gives Horace a package with the hand not holding the flowers. He sits down next to Horace, despite clearly wanting privacy, uh, despite Horace wanting privacy. Horace pa- opens the package, revealing a new attachment for his hand, not a glove, but a hook. Uh-huh. Uh, the note says something inspirational. Uh, <laughs> no, literally that. Something inspirational. The Bard. Something to the effect of, since you probably didn't get a play for the king, why don't you play for us and come with us after the party? It's uh, Isn't it time to be a part of the group that wants you around for the things you're good at? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something heartfelt. Yeah. But cool. Uh, Horace grabs Toll by the free hand and runs to the troop. He convinces them that they have to rescue the Bard. Using his new hook to knock down the guards and even break a femur, they manage to rescue the bard from his holding cell. The bard asks if there's any unfinished business before they leave. Horace says they can still crash the party if they want. Everybody wants. <laughs> Revealing himself and his new band of goons to the party after the ceremony, they pillage the festivities. Horace seeks out Asher. First calling Horace names, Asher gets afraid of the hook when he sees it, thinking Horace is going to attack him, but Horace sits by him at the piano and starts playing the song far better than Asher did. Uh, Vladimir shouts some sort of signal phrase uh, that it's time for them to leave. Horace growls at Asher, who tries to run away but trips over the piano. Horace sees Dorothy Ann nearby, who heard Horace play. She waves at him and smiles. He winks and leaves with the rest of the troop. Uh, and so then we get to the final image of the movie. It looks like Horace is in the garden from the beginning with the same sort of greenery, but we actually see him visiting his mother's grave, letting her know that he will always remember her and her hope of him becoming a pianist. His fellow troop members tell him to hurry. He says he thought there'd be enough time to rob a grave and runs with them. And that's the end. Hey. There you go. For having not seen the movie. Yeah, actually, I've, I don't know what would be different if you had seen the rest of the movie, actually. Right, and, exactly. And, and probably because you get the, uh, the char- that those characters are thoroughly and fairly completely established in that musical number. Yeah. But yeah, no, I thought that was great. Was if you great. hadn't told us you hadn't watched the movie, we wouldn't know and we wouldn't be disappointed in you. But you did and we are. But <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. No, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, uh, a connection that I missed. When did Horace first start taking up the piano? Yeah. Uh, it, it would too. be it would be implied that when his mom uh, was living, that she taught him how to play. Gotcha. Okay. okay. But that's so but then, then he goes after time of ignoring it. Yes, after her death. Gotcha. Yeah, so this is a little bit like Amadeus meets Robin Hood. <laughs> Uh, Amadeus was definitely one of because I was trying to think of like it's like this meets this mm-hmm. and I didn't remember what the two things were that, that I compared but yes that was that was a movie that crossed my mind when thinking sure. about the story structure um, it's kind of like a coming of age sort of too mm-hmm. except coming of age to wanting to pillage and break femurs yeah 
I dig it. As one does. Did you give any thought to the possibility of um, Horace and uh, what's the mean kid's name? Asher. Asher. Of them, like, when they are down sitting down at the piano together at the end of act, that actually, like, blossoming into a duet piece. Ooh, there you I go. Because I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm, I, I did or, not. Or, like, a dueling piano scene yeah. somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. Well, which gets interrupted with, like, a mace that smashes the piano. I could personally see like in the melee. We could definitely add that into where he sits down at the piano and instead of like fighting with words each other, they just start dueling and then it leads up to that part where uh Horace just plays it way better than Asher yeah. did. Yeah. So that'd be really cool if you had a whole scene in there where there's no dialogue. It's just like this melee going on in, in the, the background, background <laughs> as they're storming the party and their entire conflict is only piano playing, like yeah. takes the place of dialogue mm-hmm. in there. I think that'd be a really cool scene. And it I would like kind of open up a cool possibility of using um, interesting instrumental music, you know, like either mm-hmm. cool original piano pieces or hunting for really cool, like classical pieces that could be f- kind of featured as they're dueling. Mm-hmm. And especially if you actually. Um, since there's this melee going on in the background, like actually incorporated some of those noises, like non-traditional percussion noises into (laughs) the music. Mm -hmm. Um, So you get a little bit of stomp almost, (laughs) but with this overlay of like classical piano. Yeah. I'd be into that scene. Yeah. I I like the idea of meshing the action in the background with uh, the, the piano is actually providing that background music just by happenstance that, Oh, the, it, Mesh so perfectly. And I think yeah. that's something that you could pull off really well with animation, too. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm into it. Sounds like a fun movie. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, I have seen the movie several times. Uh, and our ideas are not that different. Oh. So, yeah. My movie idea is also a prequel. Um, I also don't like coming up with names uh, for kind of my, my notes. I call it Orphaned. Tangled. Orphaned. Um, and it also focuses on the childhoods of the thugs from the Snuggly Duckling. Hmm. Probably earlier than your setting, I'm thinking, at least in the beginning of the movie, they're all kind of elementary school age. Um, so it takes place, or it opens on the Royal House for Defective and Uneconomic Children, which is an orphanage. And we see, um, again, young hookhand thug, who in my version is named George. I also almost went with an H name just for the uh, the alliteration, but decided to go with George, who, as in yours, is missing a hand. We never find out how he lost the hand because I don't think it matters. But we see George and the other young thugs. And we've got a bit of an Oliver Twist situation in which the kids are forced to commit petty crimes to earn their keep. Um, the... Uh, official who's in charge of this orphanage, even though he puts on a, a nice face when other officials come to to see the place, um, is really just the worst and is using these kids to his profit. So they're forced to commit petty crimes to earn their keep and are repeatedly discouraged and told that dreams are only for those with nice warm houses and families. And I really wanted to go that route because it struck me that in the movie Tangled, these thugs that we see, even though they sing about having dreams when we see them they've all accomplished their dreams uh hookhand thug does play the piano beautifully mm-hmm. and especially by the end of the movie spoiler alert josh he plays it at rapunzel's wedding um and we see all the other i guess not not all of them have had their dreams fulfilled but most of them seem to actually be doing what they want to do collecting ceramic unicorns interior design etc so i wanted to see these guys when they had not yet learned to to reach for their dreams so things really start moving forward in the movie um, when the official named Howard uh, plans to make the boys kidnap other kids to add to his workforce. So he's finding that there aren't enough orphans coming in uh, and decides that he's going to have his orphans kidnap kids from their families in order to make more orphans in order to uh, increase his profit. Hmm. I don't have as detailed notes, so from there, events ensue. Uh, through the struggle that ensues thereafter, the kids learn that they can have dreams. More importantly, however, they learn to rise up and seize the means of production, taking over the orphanage, turning it into a tavern, and naming it the Snuggly Duckling. 
Uh, importantly for me, that that bit there is the only direct callback to Tangled. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fill this with a bunch of references uh, to Tangled itself. Oh, yeah. um, but we do end kind of coming to that circle and finding out that the reason all of these um, thugs are hanging out in in the Snuggly Duckling is because that's actually the orphanage in which they grew up. Importantly, too, throughout the course of this movie, they don't uh, they don't go straight. You know, they don't decide to all become law-abiding citizens, but they do seize control um, of their own their own destinies and their own dreams. I dig it, and that was kind of my my first thought with this was to do pretty much exactly what you just mm-hmm. described, Bryce. Is like. Let's find the origin story. Where did these guys come from? How did they... Did they start the ugly, snuggly duckling? Was it already there? Like, those are the the questions that I kind of wanted answered. Like, how did they develop their individual dreams and passions? Mm-hmm. And I think those are interesting questions. And I'm... I really like the... You did it better than I was anticipating. Because the reason I didn't go there was because I didn't want... A movie preceding Tangled, you know, prequel that that negated the fear that Rapunzel has when she walks into the Snuggly Duckling. Right. right? So, like, I don't want the audience to know, oh, these are actually good guys. They're not actually going to hurt her. Because that makes that song then so much more hilarious. And, like, the, mm-hmm. the change, that whole scene of, you know. I had a dream once. Right? So, like, I didn't want to negate that that switch, like, that immediate, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's so cool. It's so funny. It uh, potential, Another potential callback I would have to the movie in that very scene, the I had a dream once, then he throws his axe uh-huh. and it hits the wall right above the concertina player who's chained to the chair. I kind of like to think that that is Howard, the former orphanage <laughs> official. Just is like now chained, enslaved him. <laughs> chained to the chair, uh, destined to always play accompaniment for their raucous tunes. But that's pretty good. I'd say maybe the movie wouldn't like officially establish that, but there'd be enough physical resemblance between the, the characters. Could, it'd be a little Easter egg for yep, people kind of who are looking. Implied fan theory. I dig it. Yeah, I, uh, that's why I kind of thought he he's he still kind of has this dream of playing the piano, but he's going to focus on being a bad guy right now thug life yeah thug life. and then and then uh it's not until rapunzel comes in that uh and and maybe we could even have the animation style of his of his mother slightly resemble rapunzel like maybe she at, at least has like blonde hair you know and so he sees that and maybe you know something warms up a little bit sure and so that could explain some of his um, warmth there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I appreciate the care you guys both took to like not ruin, like they still kind of have to be bad guys on some level mm-hmm. for that scene to still work. Well, and mine, I found it easy to envision there being like serious problems with the, the government-run orphanage because there are some serious problems with the government in the Tangled universe. Totally. Flynn Rider's about to be executed, and as far as we know, the only things he's done has been thievery. Yeah. Like, and so this is a kingdom that has capital punishment for petty thievery. And, like, the way they found him, he's, like, obviously being framed. Like, he is tied to... Right. Tied to a ship. Yep. So, and, you know, we never hear the king or queen say anything. It's implied, and I think said in the voiceover dialogue, that they are good and wise or whatnot. But there's clearly some problems here. So it seemed to me the uh, ripe for uh, a rise of the working class. There you go. Perhaps so. You said you didn't go with your first thought, which is eminently respectable. What was your second thought? Yeah. So I ended up deciding not to do a prequel. And instead, going forward in time from the end of Tangled, um, so the end of end of Tangled is kind of a little voiceover from Eugene Flynn Rider, and you know it's kind of implied that time passed between the happy ending of Tangled and them actually getting married. Like they were responsible, normal human beings who probably like dated for a while and probably had like a year long engagement Hi. instead of just like. Oh my gosh, we kissed. Let's get married today. Like a lot of other Disney movies. Today. Today. Um, so taking advantage of that time between the end of Tangled and when they actually get married, 
I thought we could have it like a second little story here. So um, I wanted to bring the Stabbington brothers back because they're cool villains. They are pretty first cool. Of all. Like they're big, tough bad guys and they don't give no crap about nothing. And I like that. They're just like they're just like bad guys. There's mm-hmm. no explanation needed. They're just bad guys. Yep. So, um, I was thinking, you know, Eugene and Rapunzel are engaged. Wedding hasn't happened yet. The Stabbington brothers, who at the end of Tangled are in prison, um, presumably Mother Gothel turned them in. Anyway, presumably. Yeah. Anyway, so they are released from prison, and with Mother Gothel dead, their next victim of revenge right they're out for revenge this is taken away years of their life is obviously eugene flynn Rider. right it's the only person left they can blame Rider. Rider. exactly so they devise a scheme to and this i have not yet worked out because i have there are problems here <laughs> so they devise a scheme somehow to besmirch eugene's name enough to try to to halt the wedding Mm. and perhaps get Eugene like kicked out of the country and the problem the reason I haven't come up with a specific plan is because like it has to be sneaky and backhanded enough that like just arresting them doesn't solve the problem Mm -hmm. right like it has to I can't figure it out well I could see planting the seeds with some of that by uh, ongoing humorous interactions between uh, Eugene and Rapunzel wherein she like keeps finding out about like little, little crimes yeah, that yeah. he committed in the past like oh actually stole one of those once yeah exactly they're like like he can't quite break the habit mm-hmm. somehow yeah so something like that right like they're gonna set him up for something that would just ruin it all for him and like it would be an unforgivable thing again i don't know what that is and it has to be like complex enough that even if they get removed from the picture perhaps it proceeds without them mm-hmm. once they set things in Poor motion. Poor guy keeps getting framed. I know. I know. But anyway, it's going to... I don't really want to see Eugene or Rapunzel maybe be on like a scene, right? Sure. Like they shouldn't really be in it much. It should all be focused on the Stabbington brothers like planning and setting into motion this plan. And somehow one of the members of the Snuggly Duckling gang finds out about this plan and now they have to join together and use their combination of thuggery and odd skills, mm-hmm. life skills, to stop this plan. Um, and I think I would keep it focused to just four or so of the thugs. Um, so Hookhand, Big Nose, who's the guy who wants romance. Mm-hmm. Um, Ulf, the mime, mm-hmm. and Vladimir. I was hoping Vladimir would be in of there. Of course, Vladimir. Of course. He's huge. <laughs> he is huge. And he has a collection of ceramic, ceramic unicorns. unicorns. Come on. Oh. So I think, you know, maybe you could throw some others, but you, you can't have too many of them because then it's kind of hard to follow. Like, you can't have eight main characters. Right. So I think those four are probably the fan favorites um, and would probably get, get you the most um, distance. And I think an internal conflict Again, I'm not very fleshed out compared to Josh, <laughs> but an internal conflict between the group. So I think Hookhand, whatever his name ends up being in my version, um, is hesitant and, and perhaps declines to help them stop this plan because he doesn't want to mess up his piano career. Because at the end of Tangled, we learned he did go on to be a, a mm-hmm. pianist and he's he's pretty famous. And so he doesn't want to you know run the risk of ruining his own career now because he's finally made it um and so he declines to help leaving probably big nose in charge um of the plan but then you know something happens and at the last minute there he is and he helps save the day um and and joins back in the group recalling his roots as as a mere thug and and the friendships formed at the snuggly duckling um, and and again, how they save the day probably depends on what the evil plan is, which right. I have not worked out. Makes sense. <laughs> um, and then potentially there's room in there for a uh, Pascal Maximus side quest of some kind. Oh sure. Um, little little animal buddy movie happening kind of on the that. side. It could just be something like stupid and funny. They could literally be buddy cops. 
There you go. So we know well, that yeah. Maximus, Maximus became the like, captain of he the was guard. The captain of the guard. Yeah. So maybe Pascal is like, like the Barney Fife to his. <laughs> To his Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah, but but sort of backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe they just kind of like are are going about the city, you know, stopping crimes and whatever. Mm-hmm. And somehow they can get pulled into the main story too and kind of help help in the end. Um, just to add a little humor, mm-hmm. I think. To this otherwise dark movie. Dark tale, yes. Dark and dastardly plans. So yeah, I... Uh, Obviously, do not have a a full plot worked out. That's all right. I like it. But I I think, yeah, I was hesitant to go back in time because I didn't want to in any way besmirch Tangled. Like, Mm -hmm. Tangled is this perfect little gem of a movie. And so I didn't want to do anything that could possibly ever, like, mess it up. And if you go forward in time, you can at least... Forget that it ever. You can just ignore it. Right. If it ends so up being crappy, you can here. say, "Eh, there is no sequel." Yep. Um. Yeah. The uh, what were they called? The what brothers? The, the Stabbington brothers. S- yes, Stabbington. Of um, they were the ones that I when I was initially reading the plot summary on Wikipedia of Rapunzel, <laughs> they stuck out in my mind. Of ooh, let's do something with them. And then, as I was reading and thinking, I was like, I think they are a little bit too substantial to the plot for me to, without having seen the movie, do anything and not sure muck anything up. So I was like, yeah. I need to find somebody who... Doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, um, the, the thugs at the pub are there just enough to make an impression but mm-hmm. we literally know nothing about them. even though we kind of know a lot about them yeah. action wise we know nothing about them yeah because we only see them there and then we see them when they help break Flynn Rider out of jail yep. and then at the wedding mm-hmm. some of them yep. um, but yeah we know basically nothing about them yeah and I agree the Stabbingtons do play a very crucial role in Tangled in the story and moving the plot forward but they're really not in that many scenes, and they have very few lines. <laughs> um, so I figured there was room Only to, one of them speaks. Only one of them speaks, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so I figured there was probably room to explore kind of their working relationship, too. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, they're brothers. Obviously, the one who speaks is kind of in charge. But they're both big baddies. And mm-hmm. so kind of exploring that dynamic a little bit, and who's the brains, and how do they... Because Mother Gothel kind of came up with their Flynn Rider plan, the first Entangled. Right. So now they're on their own to come up with a, an evil plan that's not just stabbing. Yeah, and maybe we could get some nice scenes of their first few initial plans uh, and failing, failing and <laughs> yeah. happening to them. Like they set traps and then they get caught up in their own traps there or something. Uh, I was thinking as you were talking about you needed somebody with some sort of internal conflict of maybe Big Nose holds a little grudge that, oh, geez, Flynn actually ended up with Rapunzel. I was telling her how I wanted a beautiful girl, and (laughs) she ends up with Flynn, and so maybe he's the one who harbors a little resentment. uh, If you had seen the movie, you would know that he does end up with a pretty lady at the end. Um, so yeah, um, but maybe he's the one who's reticent to join in because he has this pretty little wife at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they a just kid. had a kid. Exactly. Well, but he ends up with a pretty little lady at the wedding. Uh, yeah. And so in your or movie, that party. wouldn't have happened yet. That's right. Well, I can't decide if at the end of Tangled, is that just a, I think that's just a celebration. I don't think that's the wedding. I think that's just a party that Rapunzel has been Yeah, because it's, it's in that short film. Uh, yeah. ha- uh, Tangled Ever After is where they actually get okay. married. Yeah, so okay, I think I guess you're right. This the scene at the end of Tangled is just like a party that she's she's back. And a party Flynn, in Agrabah. You know, Eugene is is talking over. Yep. Yeah, that's right. The voice talking over, about over the future. Yeah. yeah. You know, years of asking and asking and asking. She, all right. Know. All right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Obviously. I need an actual screenwriter to come up with the plot points. <laughs> eh, plot. <laughs> but that's kind of the big picture. 
Yeah, so I feel like the only character that no, our only minor character that none of us engaged with was the captain of the guard. Yeah, Mister Mustache. Yeah, I'm Poor trying guy. to figure. The last time we see him is in the breakout scene, right? The prison breakout. I think so. Yeah, I wonder what happened to him. Yeah, he's pretty mean. He is pretty mean. Yeah, that's right. He is in that scene because he's he indicates. To Flynn that he'll yeah. just gives him a, a dramatic look that implies he'll be hanged. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And mm-hmm. of course the, the king and queen. But. Yeah, I thought about that. But I like that they don't have any lines entangled. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to like that. I just really like that aesthetic and the way they did that. Yeah, but it does a lot that we never hear them hear speak. Hear them speak. And so I didn't want to mess with that. I think that's just kind of one of those like nice little touches that can just be left alone. Yep, I'm into it. Do they do I, the lanterns every single year? Mm-hmm. Yes, every they, year on, on Rapunzel's birthday. birthday and they never take a break them. from that. Like it happens like the minute or the year zero of her leaving. Yeah. That next year they start with the lanterns. Yeah. Well, assumably. they show they show like I think it's even like the same year that she's taken. They show the first lantern that they release. As, you know, like a sign that hopefully she'll mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's like every year they release the lanterns in the hopes that she will see them and Because I thought back. maybe there could be a movie about the king and queen where... Deciding. Uh, for to... one calendar year, they didn't do it. And they were like, what if we just, like, adopt another kid? <laughs> and, like, that goes horribly wrong for them. And they end up having to, like, abandon the kid or send them off, like... To somewhere else because it was just a horrible year, and they're like, "No, no, no, we're gonna do the lanterns again." Send up, send them off to the royal house for defective and uneconomic children. There you go. You know, I like that name, but I think, I think, while you were talking, uh, why don't they just call it the uh, what is it, the snuggly duckling? Mm-hmm. Why don't they call the orphanage that? Uh, I mean, that is a pretty good name, for, pretty an good name for an orphanage. <laughs> And then they just turn that into, but but I I can see how you would want that that uh, thread of uh, a reveal to where oh this is now the tavern. So but right. and and that wouldn't work if you if you did that. But right, yeah. And I think the word uneconomic is the beginning of the biting Marxist critique that this makes of the capitalist system. I feel like your movie has significant undertones <laughs> that maybe are a little too much for a Disney movie. Previously, it used to be too much for a Disney movie. Now, Time has come. Making little commies. Wise comrades. <laughs> Every parent's worst fear. Disney is making my children into communists. <laughs> well, I like all of these ideas personally. I do too. I'd kind of yeah. I'd like to see uh, someone with animation skills like like a little flip book. Yeah, someone send us a flip book (laughs) of one of these ideas. And you'll be mentioned in the podcast. Yeah, and we'll think it's really cool. Yes. Yeah, I would would be willing to put down money to watch the first uh, Tangled so that I could then go into any (laughs) of these three uh, and enjoy with even more depth because I had seen the original. Hear that, Disney? That's someone willing to see two movies. Yeah. Just because of our our ideas movie. right here. Yeah. Or, like, or yeah, if anything, like, I'm sure we could adapt all of these so that they could be made on the Disney streaming service as uh, well. There we go. Yes. Straight I'm sure stream. they're desperate for content. Tangled universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I think the the true lesson that we've all learned today here is that Josh needs to watch Tangled. Mm-hmm. Like, for real, man. It's super good. It is. She's right. And it's so pretty. It's really nice animation. It is. I think the uh, scene where they're under the water. Oh, um, yeah. Rapunzel's skin is kind of weird, I think, in that scene. It's a little balloon-like, but... Whatever. But but no, on the whole, I agree. Very pretty movie, too. Yeah. So that's what we think about this idea. Let us know what you think of our ideas and also of any of your own ideas. And you can let us know. You can let us know on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatifmoviepod or on Twitter 
at What If Movie Pod and on our website. Oh, sorry, I forgot that was me. What If Movie <laughs> And like next butter. time, uh, we are going to be asking a question, or I'm sorry, next time we're going to be answering a question that I pose now and ask. Everybody else. <laughs> the question right. that I will be asking is, is this, this one. one. Thanks, Purd. <laughs> Are you waiting for a drum roll? No, I, I don't I don't have one right now. Oh, okay, good. We've all done this now. Okay. Let's let's let, let this be the end of it. Right? This is we're all even. We've done this, and now we can all be done with it forever. Ooh, good one. <laughs> Oh, that is not something that I would have thought of, and I think I'm okay with that. I think you're putting way too much, like, specificity on your reaction here. I feel pretty (laughs) confident that Josh's question will not be something I would have thought of. So, yeah, we'll just have to listen next time and see what we come up with. Yeah, join us. Join us for that. It'll be fun. It always is. Because I'm Bryce. <laughs> oh, oh, it's fun because you're Bryce. Oh. I was starting a pattern. <laughs> and I'm Hannah. And I am Josh. And I'll uh, try to watch Tangled. Tangled. Oh, that's so good. Seriously, top five Disney movies of all time. are visible. <laughs> Look at this guy with his notes. All of his notes. <laughs>